you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, team, Hello, team, Dodger team, fans. Team. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Hey, Vince, how are you? Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Good, but I asked you first. Uh, well, it's going well. The Dodgers completed a sweep. So, you know, once that happens, pretty much everything else in the day is going all right. Yeah, absolutely. So today we are going to talk a little bit about last night's sweep of the Braves. Uh, we'll talk about Max Muncy, Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, and a few other things uh, from that game. Did you say Alex Verdugo? I did. Uh, that's something we don't ever talk about. I know. It's. I'm going to break the mold and actually talk about Alex Verdugo today. I figure it's time. I've been quiet too long about Alex Verdugo. Uh, then we're going to talk about how this Dodgers team compares, stacks up to the 27 team that was the best team we've seen in a while. Uh, but first, a reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers in your podcast app of choice. And when you get in your car in the morning, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. So the Dodgers won 9-4 to four to complete their sweep of the Braves. Uh, Vince, you watched most of the game on your iPad from the Lake Elsinore Diamond, home of the Lake Elsinore Storm, and the place where I spent about 120 evenings in 1994 and 95. So uh, what were your thoughts on the Dodger game as you sat in my second home? Yeah, uh, another, you know, complete all-around victory. I know, you know, Kershaw's final line doesn't look too too good, but uh, he was dealing for the most part up until the last inning. He got you know, a couple, little bit of bad luck with some rollers, and then uh, bullpen took over. But I think you know the first thing I want to talk about is, is Max Muncy. He came through, home run, another RBI hit, and I mean he's just been on a tear the last two weeks, and he's you know elevated himself back into the middle of the lineup, and you know back into us not thinking that he that last season was maybe a fluke. And he's showing exactly what he was showing last year. He's showing power. He's showing patience. And, and he's hitting the ball really hard and, and producing when, when he needs to produce. And it, it's been fun to watch. And hopefully he can keep it up. And, and like we've said about just about any other guy that's gotten hot in recent weeks, uh, if you know, once these guys are all clicking, it, it's going to be a very, very, very dangerous team, as if they're not already dangerous. Yeah, Muncie also stole a base. Uh, and it was against a left-handed pitcher. And he was looking back, and he still stole it easily. Uh, did you realize Max Muncy has the same sprint speed as Francisco Lindor? I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, they're both at 27.4 uh, feet. Is that career or this year? Uh, that's this year. Okay. Uh, 27.4 feet per second, which is actually a little above average. Uh, Max Muncy who the internet likes to refer to as our perfect rectangular boy um, is above average speed. He's actually kind of fast, which, which means, so last yesterday we talked about his defense. Uh, we've talked about his arm. We we've talked about his power a lot. 
I believe Max Muncy is rapidly approaching prototypical five-tool player status. He is the Eric Davis of a new generation, basically. Well, I mean, that's true. Non-dairy diet has done him well. And, you know, you actually can notice the speed difference this year. I mean, last year it was felt like he hit a home run all the time, so he didn't really see the speed. But there's been a few times where, you know, he's hustled out some plays or, or, or even you know, like we've talked about our defense last night. Uh, yeah, he's looking like a solid, solid, solid player that uh, will continue to contribute this season. Yep. Uh, so, Kike Hernandez, he's had some bad luck the last few games, uh, hitting the ball hard but right at people. In in uh, Tuesday night's game, he just he kept pounding the ball and just right at people. I felt so bad for him. Uh, and Oral mentioned it on the broadcast that basically in that situation, you have to force yourself not to change anything and just trust that your luck is going to change. And uh, in Kike's first at bat last night, he hit a home run to start the scoring off his old minor league teammate, Mike Fultonevich. And uh, it, uh, it was good to see Kike get rewarded for hitting the ball hard. Uh, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the raw numbers, I think he was in a one for 14 slump before yesterday, maybe, or something to that extent. But I mean, if you look at, you know, bad ball numbers and everything else, it, it you know, the, like we, the numbers weren't matching up. He was hitting the ball hard, was finding some luck. And, you know, the best way to beat luck or the best way to beat that is to hit the ball over the wall, which is what he did. And, you know, I'm sure it was good for him, good feeling for him. And they got the Dodgers out to an early lead, so obviously good for the Dodgers. So it was good to see that. And, you know, it's just another guy that all these guys are fighting for playing time and you never really want to get into a slump. And he's a guy that he's done it. You know, he's he's produced the last few years and he's going to continue to produce. So I'm not really worried about him, but it was good to see him finally get rewarded for all that hard contact. Yep. Um, Cody Bellinger, uh his average dropped below 400. He did get on base a couple times via the intentional walk and he hit the ball hard, but, uh, didn't, uh, didn't have a successful night. Corey Seager didn't look good, but he did get an RBI single on a ball that went about 36 feet. Uh, and the reason I mentioned Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager is because they have both won the rookie of the year award. And that's how I'm segueing into discussion that the Dodgers have a rookie on their roster. I don't know if you've heard of him, He's kind of obscure, uh, doesn't get a lot of publicity, especially around these parts. Uh, his name is Alex Verdugo. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, okay. I think he might be of Mexican heritage, uh, just judging by his name. Um, but yeah, he's a rookie, and it turns out he's the best hitter in baseball. And I feel like uh, the best hitter in baseball if he's a rookie, he should get rookie of the year. So I'm casting my ballot right now. Alex Verdugo again. Obviously, I'm kidding. If you've listened to this podcast before, I've been obsessed with Verdugo for a long time uh, to the point where it's kind of creepy. And uh, I love when he comes up to the plate, especially in a key situation, because you know he's going to be in control and do what needs to be done. When he came up to the plate uh, – with bases loaded, with with Minter on the mound, a lefty, and and it was very similar to the situation against uh, 
Kirby Yates or whatever that dude's name is the other night when, you know, he, he's been watching, seeing that Mentor was not throwing many pitches in the strike zone. He was throwing that slider and the hard fastball outside and just trying to get lefties to swing and miss at it. And I'm like, Verdugo's not going to swing at that garbage. And so I knew he's either going to take a walk or he's going to make Mentor come into him and he's going to drive the ball. And he did. He just drove a base hit up the middle, uh, just like nothing phases him. Uh, I... I would love to live inside his mind for a little bit to see what he's actually thinking, because I'm sure he actually gets nervous sometimes and actually uh, isn't as relaxed as he looks, but he sure does look relaxed up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to keep harping on it, but he, you know, he just, he just hits and uh, you never really, you never really go into any at bats thinking he's going to, you know, have a bad at bat. He always has a good at bat, put some good swings on it. Uh, He's missed a few mistakes, but he ends up making up for it. And even the la- even the two nights before this, he he missed one last night. He missed or the night before, he missed one on Monday night. Uh, but you know it's going to come around because as he gets more comfortable and he, as he gets going, and you know those mistakes are going to turn into home runs and doubles instead of flyouts. Yeah, and I said early in the season, or maybe even before the season started, my ideal situation was for Verdugo to bat seventh or eighth for the first month or so and then move into the leadoff spot because I think he's the perfect leadoff hitter. And uh, I think it's time for that to happen. I am ready for Alex Verdugo leadoff hitter. Uh, So in addition to the rookie of the year train, I'm also driving the leadoff train now. You got a lot of trains to to conduct. Yeah. uh, I don't know how I'm doing it. I must be multi, multi, multifaceted. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about how this team compares to 2017. First, we want to remind you to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers on the new Himalaya podcast app. You know what Himalaya is because we've told you every single day. So go download it. We give you options sometimes. We say download it if you want to. I've changed, I'm changing my tune. Download it now. If you haven't tried it, download it now and try it. That's my order to you. Uh, it's cool. And then if you don't like it, okay. Uh, not everybody has as good a taste as I do, but that's okay. Uh, but download it, check it out, subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, and we will be right back. Okay, Vince, I got to tell you, I'm kind of excited. Do you want to know why? Uh, yes, I really do, really do want to know why. Because you care about me. Yeah, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and if you've listened to podcasts, you've probably heard ads for ZipRecruiter. And I always thought I will have made it as a podcaster when I get to read an ad for ZipRecruiter. And that's what I'm doing here. But I got to tell you, I've actually used ZipRecruiter. And that's why I'm excited. Because once upon a time, I was listening to a podcast. And they were talking about how ZipRecruiter, you know, takes away some of the pain of hiring. And at the time, I was an executive in a, in a fast-growing company. And I was doing a lot of hiring. And it was a pain in the butt. It was hard to find qualified candidates. It took a long time. I'd get so many applicants of like that were just garbage. People like, you're not qualified for this job. Why would you send me this resume? Why are you wasting my time? And then I heard about ZipRecruiter on a podcast and I thought, I'm going to try that. And I got to tell you, it was actually as easy as I said it was. So this is our ad for ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Uh, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. Did you know that, Vince? I did not, but I mean, pretty sure that's all they do, right? No, they don't stop there. 
With our powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates and weeds out the garbage. Not that any of you are garbage. If you're applying for a job, you're not garbage. You're a great person, I'm sure. I just don't have time for you. Ah, so what's that's got to be? You probably get like, what, half the candidates that, that work out? No, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And that was actually my experience too. I hired two really good people who I found through ZipRecruiter. Oh, well, there we go. All right. So if you guys want to use ZipRecruiter right now, our listeners can try it out for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, we're back. So, Vince, the 2017 Dodgers were one of the best teams we've seen in a long time. Uh, They won, what, 105 games? And that was even with losing 16 out of 17 in September when games didn't really matter. Uh, They came within one game of winning the World Series. It was a great team. And it seems like this year's team might be better. Is that crazy? No, I mean, it's not crazy. And it, it's, you know, what I've been thinking of a little bit the last week or so. And, and we finally got a chance to talk about it. And I'm not going to declare it right now that this team is better than the 2017 team. But I do think this team has the parts and potential right now to be better than the 2017 team. And I think the stat that stood out to me the most was with runners in scoring position in 2017, that team was 25th in the league with the 259 average and a little bit better OPS, uh, 12th in the league with OPS of 789. This year's team so far, OPS is almost 100 points better than that year's team. And batting average is about 20 points higher. So just in that aspect, and this team has hit more home runs as on pace, they have more home runs than that team. This this year's team has a higher OPS right now and batting average right now than that team finished with. Obviously, there's a lot long more games to go, and that those numbers might even out toward the end. But I mean, the runners score 100 points, and, and with runners in scoring position, that's that's pretty significant. And I think it's something that we've noticed this year, just because of the 2018 team, which seemed like they could never hit with runners in scoring position. And if you know, you kind of break it down back to 2017, and their numbers aren't that much better. And right now, this team's numbers in that aspect are that much better. Yeah, you know the the last several years, the Dodgers have been what some might call overly reliant on the home run. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again briefly: home runs are a good thing. Uh, the difference about this team so far this year is in addition to the home runs, they're also doing the other things. And and so they're not doing it instead of home runs. I mean, in last night's game, you had the two-run homer by Hernandez, the solo homer by Muncy, the two-run homer by Turner. That's five of their nine runs. But the other four runs came on uh, big hits, little hits, uh, you know, clutch hits. And, and And that's the thing with two outs and runners in scoring position. They've been really good this year. Uh, they're doing those things. They're they're hitting the sack flies when they need to. They're putting the ball in play, uh, not striking out in those situations as much. All those things, the little things that 
it's not instead of home runs and it's, it's in addition to. And that's kind of what, uh, for me, sets this team apart. And, and like you said, obviously, there's all, always the caveats of it's May 9th. So, you know, there's still a whole lot of season left. Uh, but as of right now, uh, this team definitely has the potential to be better than that 2017 team, which means, I mean, we could be looking at a 110-win team if, if you know, especially, I mean, Corey Seager isn't doing anything yet. If Seager starts hitting, if, you know, Taylor is really on now, if, if Justin Turner has really figured things out, if Muncy's really figured things out, I mean, really it's Corey Seager and, and Austin Barnes are the only guys on the team right now who aren't hitting. And even Barnes last night had a big double that, you know, set up a run. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's a scary offensive team. And then you factor in they also have, you know, I mean, Clayton Kershaw might be their fourth best starter, uh, which is crazy. So, yeah, there is a lot of potential. You know, the bullpen could go either way. Uh, it's tough to say what the bullpen is going to be. Joe Kelly last night had a one, two, three inning. Looked really, really good. Uh, and it, it's been fun. I'm going to talk about Joe Kelly for a minute. You okay with that, Vince? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. He didn't bother me last night. <laughs> um, it's been funny to me that at the same time that people are uh, getting really excited about Pedro Baez and Yimmy Garcia, they're giving up hope on Joe Kelly. Because the reason that we never gave up hope on Pedro Baez or Yimmy Garcia is because they have good stuff. And guess what? Joe Kelly has better stuff than either of those guys uh, if he can harness it. And what we saw last night was the potential of Kelly hitting his spots with all his pitches. And, I mean, he has three pitches that are really, really good out of the bullpen. Uh, When you throw 99 and have a changeup and a curve like that, if you can hit your spots and command them and throw them at the right times – you're going to be unhittable. And so that's why I was fine with the Dodgers signing Joe Kelly. And it's why I'm not giving up on Joe Kelly because I believe that hidden inside the pitcher who has kind of sucked so far this year is one of the best, potentially best relief pitchers in baseball. If he can put it together because of the stuff. Yeah. And, you know, going off that and going into the bullpen, I think that is where, the separation could be from the 2017 team to now. Well, that's where the separation is right now. The, the current uh, bullpen ERA is over a run than the 2017 team finished with. That 2017 team had a dominant Kenley Jansen. This year, the Dodgers don't have a dominant Kenley Jansen at the moment. Uh, Brandon Morrow, he didn't start until what, June that year. Or, uh, Memorial Day, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, he came in and he – he kind of stabilized that bullpen. So Joe Kelly's got a couple weeks to to stabilize himself and, and become that guy in the bullpen. And he's going to be a big part of if this team it does finish better or you know play better than the 2017 team. He's a big. He's going to be a big part of it. Uh, Pedro Baez is obviously a big part of it. Uh, you know, starting pitching is kind of the same. Their ERA is very similar uh, from the end of 2017 to current right now. Like I said, Kershaw is not who he was in 2017, but he's, he's not that far off from it. And, you know, Walker Bueller's really good. And 
Rich Hill's the same, and they reuse, you know, wasn't there in 2017, right? Um, so, you know, this team has potential, but it's really going to hinge on that bullpen and, and these guys coming together. Uh, it's going to hinge on Dylan Floro keeping up. It's going to hinge on, you know, Bias keeping up. It's going to hinge on Yimmy staying around and, and pitching how he is. And then, you know, Urias and Stripling holding it down. And if they need to make a spot start, they'll do that. If not, they'll, they'll hold it down in the bullpen. So, you know, in that aspect, there's a lot to be desired still, but the potential is there. And, you know, they just got to keep it rolling on all cylinders. And I think this year's team has is better defensively too. Yep. Yeah, all those guys you just mentioned, the potential is amazing in that bullpen. You know, if you had, yeah, obviously every team can say, well, if everybody's at their best, we're going to be great. You know, but at their realistic best, even, you know, Kenley Jansen, probably never going to be the Kenley Jansen he used to be. But he still, I mean, for three and a half months last year, he was uh, results-wise just about as good as he's ever been. And there's no reason to think he can't be that again. Uh, Dylan Floro obviously has crazy good stuff. Joe Kelly has crazy good stuff. Pedro Baez, Yemi Garcia, Julio Stripling has looked really good in relief. Uh, you know, Caleb Ferguson, when he comes back from the DL. Uh, and then when you, you look at the postseason and realize, oh, now we throw Maeda there in the bullpen too. Uh, there is potential for a dominant bullpen in the postseason. Uh it's just so up in the air about which versions of everybody will get. But, you know, I've always said one of the things about the postseason is luck. You know, guys getting hot at the right time. And it's really, really easy to see based on stuff. It's easy to see uh, this Dodgers bullpen being a dominant lights out bullpen in the postseason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our thoughts on how this team compares to 2017. Obviously we're not making any guarantees, uh, but it, 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 it's fun right now. I am a firm believer that you have to enjoy the six month season. There's a lot more to life than what happens the last week in October. Uh, and for right now, this is a fun team to watch. Clayton Kershaw said in his post game interview last night that, you know, the team comes to the stadium every night expecting to win the game. And I turn on the game every night expecting the Dodgers to win. And, and that that's a fun feeling. That's how I felt in 2017. I never got to that point last year where I actually expected them to win every night. Uh, and it was almost, almost a bonus that they got as far as they did last year. But in 2017, by that summer, it was like, okay, let's see if they won or see how much they won by. So... Uh, that's fun. So I urge all of you to enjoy this six month season. Cause, cause that's what, what the point of baseball is. So the Dodgers start a four game series with the nationals tonight, Rich Hill taking on Patrick Corbin on Corey Seager bobblehead night. Hopefully Seager will break out on his bobblehead night as Joe and Earl talked about on the broadcast last night. Um, you have any thoughts on the national series going in Vince? No, they're playing not well right now so i'm hoping the dodgers can keep that up and not play down to that competition yeah uh yeah and maybe they can knock the nationals all the way out so the nationals decide to sell and trade max scherzer to the dodgers yeah that too 
Yep. So thank you all for listening to Locked on Dodgers. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to the show on Himalaya or any other podcast app. You know what they are. You're listening to it in one right now. So if you're not subscribed, please do uh, set it to automatically download. And then it's always waiting for you. Uh, the three best things you can do to help us are subscribe and download every episode. Tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on iTunes. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. That's his first and last name. It's pretty clever. I am on Twitter at Snydog. It's uh, less clever, but there you have it. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail calling us at uh, 323-863-LOCK, L-O-C-K. We are here every weekday morning. Uh, we will be here one more day this week to talk about game one of the national series. We hope you will be here every weekday morning with us. When you get in your car in the morning, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you later. I have a good one. Say D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. Oh, heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!